Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. The Just Because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. Welcome. Here we go. Happy Monday. It's that time. Matt Connerton Unleashed. And we are live from the studios of WMNH 95.3 FM in glorious downtown Manchester, New Hampshire. Also on Comcast 97 if you're in Manchester. And hello to all of our online listeners across the nation and around the globe. You can go to my website, mattconnerton.com, for all of your live streaming options, social media links, contact info, show archives, etc., etc. And I am not alone. there, darling. Jenny is here at the news desk. I am present and accounted for. Yes, yes. And of course, today is Monday, May 23rd, 2022. Uh, I do want to remind you, of course, that we are proudly sponsored by the Hopknot uh, right across the street. But don't go there today because Monday and Tuesday is their weekend. But they are open Wednesday through Sunday. Uh, they've got those delicious gourmet pretzels and craft beer. And uh, they've got uh, industry night, Wednesday nights, Thursday nights, this trivia night. Friday nights have live music, and Juneteenth is less than a month away. And we have our first call of the week on the program. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Hey, it's Easy G. I'm from the West Side, Best Side. Easy G, how are you, sir? Big man. Hey, just talking to my new, uh, my, I've known her for a long time, but we just reconnected on, on the Facebook, you know, the messenger thing. And, um, yes, yeah, so I'll start with that. Her name's uh, Karen. And I'd like to get some uh, prayers for her uh, son, Josh. He's having, I mean, sorry, Noah. He's having a really rough time. You know, I'm you not going to s- get into it on the radio, but he's having a really rough time. You know, you sent me a, 11 years old. You sent me a Facebook message that said uh, prayers for Noah, and I didn't know what you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's the one. Okay. Yeah, it's a girl I went to high school with, an uh, 86 graduate. Gosson High School. Karen is? Uh... Karen, you... yes. Okay. The girl I went to Keep high school up, with. Maddie. It's the mom. 
many moons ago. She, she remembers oh. me when I used to work at Kmart, for God's sake. Did you work with her at Kmart? I worked with her, I worked with her sister. It's a small, small world. world, you know? Uh, yes. It's a small world. Uh, Especially where Kmart's concerned. Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, I used your, your famous phrase. I think Peter said it once, too, on the radio. Never assume that someone's going to come into the studio or call on the phone. So I double-checked with her, and I, I, I confused her all over the place, but I told her, sorry, but she's all set to call in tomorrow at 4.15. So like you said, never assume that she's going to do no, that. No, I'm confused. Oh, uh, Katie Dobbins. Oh! Right. Yeah, he Eric, left never off assume, the important right, last name to figure out who it was, easy. Yeah, sometimes he doesn't include a lead-in. <laughs> he it just uh, tosses right. it out oh, there. Oh, by the way, yes. too, I gave her the summer off. I said, enjoy your summer. You See gave you her the summer off? How gracious of you. Well, that's very kind of kind you, easy. Yeah. You are well, truly... I read a book uh, one time, Jenny. It says, when September rolls around, it's the start of a new year because kids go back to school. And this lady that wrote this book, it says that's the start of a new year. So I start, I started, I, I wouldn't think about that for a long time, but I thought of that today. Who wrote oh. the book? Uh, your friend Karen from high school? No, this lady writes a lot of books. Like uh, I've written down somewhere in my files. J.K. Rowling? I'll have to bring that in one day. We'll have a book discussion. You like the Harry Potter books? Well, I used to read a lot of books, but I've only read like, I've only read like three books the last two years. Three years for some reason. Another, but I, Shocking. I up audio books. Mm-hmm. That's how I get my books in now. Yeah, I don't like audiobooks. I have a new Justin Spencer recycle percussion book that Rocket gave me like four months ago. I've read like 20 pages or oh, 50 pages already, but I just haven't been in the mood to read, but maybe, maybe I will in this new uh, fine place. Oh, yes, you're in a new place. Yeah, so I also want to get out there. Another other breaking news there that my oh. friend, a good friend, Christopher Duffley, he's calling the most famous kid I know, but now he's 21, so I'm going to say the new phrase, most famous guy I know. He started an internet radio called uh, Internet. Uh, Oh, and, and, oh, yeah. It, it, oh, goodness. I'm like a station? On the thing. Um, a show or a station? A, a radio station. A, there you uh, go. I'm flopping on it. Oh, I'll have more information tomorrow because I'm flopping on it. Four billion things going on today. Four billion? Four billion. I'll more information about that, but he started it. Uh, oh, International Hope Radio. International Hope Radio. Okay. Well, very right. nice. And uh, I know Peter White knows him very well. He's a. He's I blind think I saw artistic, a right? He's just like that guy that was blind a while back on your show there. And he can do everything on the radio. It's just unbelievable. I watched I, like an I hour and 40 minutes on his birthday the other day. His mother, yep. Chris, was in the room. I know her very well. The stepping stone days. I know her since 88. I watched and I went to her wedding and everything. So I've known him for a long time. They're definitely they're great people. Because he got adopted and he's a miracle child, you know? Wait, so are you he saying. He's put on here to, to uh, do, what, do what he's doing now. As you all know, radio is. Uh, good business to get into you can make a lot of money if he's good at it i feel like he's just giving me the cliff notes of the entire life of the individual so is is he oh, bo- yeah, i could go on for hours but the, he's <laughs> also having the patron page where i think i might give some money next month and, and that's how you know you make some money and get get it get in the uh business of uh life <laughs> wow okay Oh, I can hear the explosions. People are falling out of their chairs. I think Cars are stomping in the streets. I think it's time for Easy G to anyway, write a book. My, my, uh, the re- business of I life. Tell my new, my what kind of new friend? Because we fall. I reached out to her on Facebook, and I told her that a, a big celebrity in town. She goes, "What do you?" On the radio. She goes, "Do you get autographs or photos?" I said, "No." My mother told me to remain humble. Oh, that's right. So if your but mother had, she says, "I worked till five. 
And she said, well, I said, photos. well, I, I sent you a link to your station there, Matt Conrad on Lease Radio. I said, you can listen to it on Facebook anytime you want. So just give it a like. So somebody offers so you we, money we when you sign it? probably got a new it? fan out there of the uh, 95.3 radio. Hi, Maddie. How you doing? Hi. <laughs> As you all know, we need more listeners. The more, the better. <laughs> yes. There's always room for one more, right, Matt? <laughs> There's always It's like that Twilight Zone episode where... You know, the woman, she goes to get on the plane, and the stewardess says, room for one more, honey. And then the plane explodes. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave with this talk because I don't want to clog up the radio. Oh. I'm looking hey, forward to it. I think hey, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to finally see Liz Bills Yo, in her van on July a couple times. I, I, I just found out you. she's going to be you appearing somewhere in me. town. I'm hoping it's not Massachusetts, but if, it, if it's not, I'm going to definitely go check that out. Could be a town in Massachusetts. I don't know where she's coming, but I'm going to find out because I have a friend of mine that uh, could possibly uh, get me a ride to see her. So, so we'll uh, see. We'll see what happens. But I'm looking forward to that. Do you know? Have you heard of Liz Bills, uh, Matt? Yes, you've told me about her. Hi, right. Easy. Hey, Easy. Hi. Yes. Hi. Oh, you heard me. Hi. Mm. Hey, I have something. I brought your painting in. Your painting is here. Oh, good, yeah. I, I, I promoted that on my on my, on my text friends. Only a few people responded. Even Gonzo responded. He thought I made it. I said, no. I think, I think he knew it was you. You know, Gonzo was always a prankster, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, no, Jenny made that. He goes, oh, very nice. And he showed me some photos that he's working on. He I mean, it's not photos, stuff. but um, paintings. Oh, my God. Sorry, Gonzo. <laughs> I'm not at that level. There's, there's a difference between uh, painting and photos, obviously. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting that tomorrow. Thank you very much, really? by the way. Wow, you're, you're, you're the best. I didn't know that. Wow. Can so, you do both in one? No one's ever made me a painting before in all my years of living. <laughs> so are you coming in tomorrow, Eric? Is that the plan? Yeah, no, here's the plan. Uh, 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 He's going to fill uh, you yeah, in now. Something new is going to happen now. I'm coming in, but this basically a little over <laughs> an hour because i got to catch the 530 bus. He's got an itinerary. So <laughs> that's going to be the gig at least for tomorrow. Yeah, that, might, that might change, you know. Life's always changing, but... <laughs> I gotta take the bus back to the no. west side. You know, it's not like I walk up the street anymore. Those days are over. Oh God. <laughs> uh huh. But hey, the main the main attraction will be Katie Dobbins. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> and and uh, I send you that link there so we can sing that. Oh my, I'm not singing that song, but she can sing that song. The post notes, post notes, because that was the first song I heard. Post One of the first songs I heard in the bookery like post four or five notes? years ago, and I said, "Wow, this lady is good." Nose. Notes. Notes. As I always say, you can sing any. If you can sing anywhere, I mean, uh, if you're a good singer, the uh, you're a good singer. You know, I don't, I don't care what <laughs> page of life you're at. What? When you're good, you're good. <laughs> yeah, I've often. Doesn't make any sense. I, I'm gonna hang up now because that's not making any sense. So we'll see you guys tomorrow. I love you, Easy. Four p.m. All right. Time. Bye bye. Sounds good. <laughs> bye bye. Wow. You should have known by now, Easy Dope. If uh. Ooh, he's in rare form today. If Adderall and Red Bull mixed together were a person, that person would be Easy G. Stop it. I didn't say that's, he that's does either. I'm just saying that's, <laughs> I'm crying that's, over uh, here. Our friend Ron is calling. Hey. Hey, Ron. Welcome to the program. <laughs> he wasn't doing that bad. I actually could figure him out and understand. 
Somewhat, yeah. I, he lost me uh, five or six or seven or eight or nine times, but uh, for the most part, I, I could follow him, yeah. Yeah, he just he needed a paper bag and breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out, <laughs> and everything would have worked out. Yeah, he gets nervous calling into the big show, the big show. Yeah, I, I show do too sometimes. Shows. I get a little nervous on the air. Mm-hmm, the big calling the big show. <laughs> The show yeah, of well, shows. Listen, I, I won't wrap up a lot of times, ever. but Easy brought up something that, oh. that I saw on my 60 Minutes show last night, which was great. There was a guy that, um, he was a, a billionaire, actually, and he's talking about how he would like to see all billionaires give back to the communities. Well, this guy has sponsored six colleges and kids from um, uh, freshmen, sophomore, junior, senior that all of their tuition and colleges and room and board will be paid for. But these aren't just for kids, um, the white and the privileged. They're for the, you know, the, the black or Afro-American, whatever, you know, black people. The ones that come and live in cities with that are deemed with poverty. And he's trying to, and I want, I want to see Miss Chicago. I, I really, shame on me for missing the, you know, the most important thing. But he's trying to rebuild the schools so we can rebuild the cities and, and the towns. And for every kid that, that goes through the program, and they and these are all great kids. I mean, you know, they they work hard on two jobs and then go home and study. You know, they're getting you know, almost no sleep, but they're putting everything they can into their education. Mm-hmm. Well, he's even offering their parents, one of their parents, to go back to school if they want. And uh, it was wicked cool. Now, who's, who is doing this? You know, I don't have the guy's name. I oh. uh, I saw it on the sixty minutes show, but he's uh he's a billionaire that's just trying to give back, you yeah. know. No, that's great. That's excellent. Yeah, and, and the only other thing that I wanna say that I saw her on the sixty minute show and then uh, you know, this is something that Jenny might know more about. So it's like sometimes I I watch these shows and I and I don't always get a you know, unless I write things down, I, I don't get all the you know, the facts. But they're talking about in this country there are certain medicines that are vital to children, and I don't remember what the diseases were that these kids were at, but some of these medicines were as simple as um, like a glucose. You know, it, it doesn't take much to manufacture. They used to be, five, but they're but they're critical. There was mm-hmm. there's five. There used to be five uh, manufacturing plants that have all all but one have dropped the manufacture of this particular drug mm. because the profit margins aren't up there enough to support, you know, the uh, the uh, the manufacture of it. And uh, when they interviewed a certain people, they were talking about the middleman, how the middleman is like really eating up most of the proceeds when it starts mm. out from the manufacturer to the middleman, to the hospital, to the patient. It was uh, it was insane, and uh, the the doctors they were sad. They went into the hospitals. The doctor said, "I have to decide which child should get the medicine and which one, uh, which one is most likely to uh, benefit by it." It was like, "Well, it's terrible." Yeah, we've got some real uh, uh, problems here. You know, it, it's funny, and and I'm gonna be I'm going to keep this intentionally very vague. Uh, for a couple of reasons, but Jenny and I were having a conversation just recently relevant to me about concern about getting something that I yeah uh, need for my asthma. And, you know, what if... 
Not that not that I've seen any indications that that this is ever going to happen, but but this baby formula thing has me thinking about it. What if at some point I can't get what I need, you know, my daily right. uh, maintenance inhaler uh, to make sure that uh, you know that I don't start having asthma attacks? So it, it's uh, we're we're living in a time when uh, it's you know these are real concerns, uh, worrying about um, supplies and, and access to, to medicines and, and also food. And, and uh, there's, a, there's a lot of uh, concerns right now. So it's, it's um, scary uh, what you're bringing up, Ron, but unfortunately, it's not particularly surprising. And I'm concerned that we're going to see and hear more stories about, you know, only so many manufacturers make this particular thing, but it's, it's something a lot of people need, and uh, um, so so we'll see. Uh, did you have any thoughts on what Ron well, was saying? It, it's it's um it's ironic, I guess, that you bring that topic up because that's actually the topic uh, in part of an article that was just published in the Mighty that I wrote today, and talking about pharmacies rationing with medication happens all over the United States now. And it depends on who you have access to as to where you can get your medication if they have it or if they don't have it or what they charge for it or who they've made an agreement with to charge this number or that number. Medicare doesn't get to negotiate. You're dependent upon whatever your health insurance does for you. And GoodRx might get a better price for you. So you go from, you know, the, I'm getting kind of all over the place here, but basically what I'm trying to say is because of how much it costs to get your hands on medication and how much insurance companies can regulate how many tablets you're allowed to have a year or a month or however they want it. And I, and I personally have medications that are like that. Um, it, it, it's, it, it, we end up rationing our own medications to ourselves because we're afraid we're not going to have access to it next week. Maybe I've got enough for this month, but what about next month? You know, or when it gets to the end of the year and its prices are changing to the beginning of the year, can you keep the same meds you've been stable on, or are you going to have to change them? It, it's it's disgusting. Healthcare, it shouldn't be a privilege. Healthcare should be a basic human right, but it's a privilege in this country. It's a privilege. Uh, if, you know, I bet you money the kid, the kiddo that you're describing in your in in what you're talking about, whose parents are you know, the six figure zone or what have you, they don't worry about getting that for their kid. They're going to get it for that kid. They've got Cadillac insurance. They've got access. They're going to get it. It's, it's, it's John Q public that lives next door. It's single mom. Who's got three kids and is and and has a, a crappy insurance policy. That's the best she could get on this, whatever they call system that we have now that, it's got it's it, it's disgusting what people can't get access to. This is what my doctor says I need. Well, we're not going to approve it. We get to say no, you know. Or it, it's 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 maddening to me. I get more maddening with it every single day when I hear yet another story of rationing of medicine, or rationing of care, or lack of access to care that doesn't have to be that way. But government gets in the way and legislates us out of a lot of things. There's a reason why there's only so many manufacturers. There's a reason why they're not incentivized to do the right thing and make this make the med. Just make the med. They want to make the med that you have to pay $500 for one month or you don't get it. They don't want to pay them make the med that's $5. They want money, not that's people. That's exactly what they said last night, exactly. They want they a said, profit. Why why do we want to manufacture something that there's only a $10 
uh, at the hospital is only $10 because it's mostly sugar, so a glucose and something, where then there's other meds that we could get high amounts for. I wonder if you're talking about it sounds almost like he's talking about IV push um, glucose, which when somebody's crashing their blood sugar and um, oh. EMS shows up, what they shove in their IV is a large, heavy dose of glucose to you know stop them from from dying. Oh, okay. It, it makes yeah, me wonder. I if, can't say it. And, and or is it, maybe it could be a medication like glucagon. What I heard, or it they could, could be elaborate. I I can't say it was just. I I don't know. It was know. one of those things. that was like just couldn't believe what I was you know. I, on TV, we it it, it we, it, God, it's disgusting, and I, my heart breaks every time I hear of something else that's going to be rationed or not accessible. This whole baby formula thing well, could have been avoided. Well, one of these one of these medicines that they were talking about, there was a doctor that works on neonatal children, and they you know as it is, these children were already fighting, you know, uh, life as uh, just because they're so premature, and the guy said. I don't know if I'll have the medicine tomorrow or the next day. And he says it's so bad that if they have a vial and they withdraw they withdraw the medicine for that child, if there's leftover in the vial, it gets passed on to the next child because that medicine is just not on the shelves. Yeah, it's like... Uh... And then to, to, to piggyback on what you just said, that same doctor, I wouldn't doubt... If he also said in that interview, what does he do when he only has enough? Which which baby does he pick? Do you pick that's right. That's and, what he said. It. You know, I mean, it was very tearful almost. And that's a that. real thing that happens in medical care. People doesn't don't think those kind of decisions get made, but they do. But they do. Who are you more likely to be able to save? Who's more likely to make it out? If somebody else is already pretty much on the way out, they're going to skip that one. They're going to go for the one that's got a greater chance of survival because you got one shot at that medication. If you use it on somebody who has a slim to none chance of survival, you've essentially wasted the medication. If you use it on somebody who has the more likelihood of survival, then it didn't get wasted, if you say. I mean, that's a terrible word to use, but you try well, to save every single life you can. Well, all right, I'm going to let you guys go, and um, hopefully, you know, I mean, I know you've got your own show tonight, but uh, hopefully maybe someone could say, oh, yeah, I know what he was talking about. I saw it, and they could fill in the blanks. Right, right, yeah, absolutely. All right, Ron. All right, good night, guys. I'm going to just sit back and listen. All right, thank you for the call, my friend. Take care. All right, that was our friend Ron, and that opens up a line for you, 603-250-6007, 603-250-6007. You can also text me at 617-917-4476, tweet me at Matt Connerton, or send an email to matt at mattconnerton.com. And, of course, you can interact and opine in the Facebook live chat, but the best thing to do is to give us a call at 603-250-6007. This is an award-winning show, you know. It is we, an award-winning we, show. We, we've been awarded our friends at Tomorrow Radio uh, in Ireland have uh, have awarded us uh, in broadcasting excellence. And that was such we, a we, cool message we, to get. We appreciate that very much, yes. Hi, welcome to, uh, actually, I think it's Easy G. Is that you, Easy? Yeah, Easy calling back. Hey, I, I, yeah. couldn't, I couldn't resist. You're talking about food. As long as you get the Clyde Lewis food buckets, you will be all set for the next 25 years. 
Well, I, I couldn't resist, well, uh, Matt. It was, it was just an opening I couldn't resist. I, I understand. Well, you can understand the prepper mentality when you think about whether or not you can have access to something you can get at the pharmacy today. But I think yeah, what, I know it is a little scary. Yes, he does talk about food all the time because he sells those food buckets. I, and I think what you're saying is easy. Uh, if I understand you correctly, uh, you couldn't resist. I couldn't. Lately, I've been putting him on, so he puts me right to sleep. It's like a sleep aid, uh, Jenny. <laughs> what is Clyde Lewis? How would you be nice? I still haven't found out, though, why I can't get AM radio here. If I only have one guy, and you're not going to believe this. He has no radio. So, no radio. I so said, what's wrong with you? Well, not even say that I wanted to, though. He said, no radio, no TV. I said, how, how do you find out what's going on? He goes, on my phone. Wow. One of oh, your... radio. Can you believe that? I've always been a radio guy. My father's got like 30 <laughs> radios all over the place. I have one radio left in the house. Or emergencies. Some of the woods, it. he's got some in his garage, he's got some all over the place. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't he's have radios. That, he's a man cause... with the most radios I've ever seen. How you doing, Matt? Why don't you get him, uh, because he has all these radios, to give a radio to the person who doesn't have a radio? Yeah, I know. Some people don't want one, believe it or not. I, 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 I've always had a radio. Even at Coke Radio when I was like seven years old, listening to the Red, Red Sox games. I don't have a radio. I think he was talking about the Coca Can. It was a cold oh, radio. It was a real yeah. small kind of thing. My parents Coca-Can. say, "Time to go to your room now. We don't care to see your face anymore." I said, "I know." Wow. That's how that your family uh, talked to you. I bothered them long enough. That was... Believe it or not, I was a real pain in the ass when I was a small kid. Ooh, getting salty there. Find it hard to believe, but getting a little salty with the language. Well, I think now. he's got some repressed yeah. uh, anger over childhood. I know Jenny probably finds it hard to believe, but I was a real pain in the butt. Hold him back. Wow. Look at you. <laughs> And as far as hyper, I was I was so hyper, I was it was awful. They had me in uh, Riddle in there, Jenny, in, high, in uh, grammar school. I don't think it did a damn good. Oh, I don't know. I hated being on it. I hated um, being on it. To be honest with you, I I I refrain from. I am not a medical provider. I do not give out medical. <laughs> I just give. Well, opinions. I can just tell you, I took it for years, and I, I I don't think it did me a damn good. But hey, who knows? Huh? Nah, who knows? I think I think kids are still on it today, Jenny. Yeah, it's amazing how medications work that way. It's supposed to help to a point, you know, it help you They're concentrate. Good for some I guess people, and maybe so I good for others. School, but I didn't take it. In, I didn't take it in junior high school or or uh, high school. I just took it in grammar school, I guess. Well, uh-huh. I mean, in, in fairness, uh, some of these children do need to be, uh, you know, medicated. After all, right. a, a lot but of I them. Uh, I hated it. A lot of them have, uh, you know, they have all this uh, energy and stuff uh, run, running issue. around. You had to go to a nurse yeah. to get it, and everybody knew what you were going there for. Uh-huh. And like, oh, they, they picked on you all the time. Everybody you know? knew why you were going there. And then, and then they, that kid punched me in the face when I was like second grade. Uh huh. Oh boy. Did he punch you in the face and steal your Ritalin? He Daddy. wanted your he wanted your drugs. No, but he was just a bully. Oh, All of a sudden he punched Stop me in the face. It. I started crying, of course. And I think he gets I think he gets suspended. He was just a bully, you know. Wow. Okay. You'll leave it at that. You know, getting punched in the face, man, Johnny, it's not fun. No, no, it's not. I've never been punched in the face for real. That was the only time, thank God. All right, I gotta get going. I gotta have an early lunch. I'm headed to uh, celebrate recovery. The best place to be on a Monday night. Bye bye. Boy, you should have known by now. Easy dope. Wow, that was our friend Easy G. I am so confused. I, I, uh, <laughs> when I was, uh, I got so confused. I confused my own story. When I was a young lad in grade school, I actually punched uh, somebody else in the face, uh, but I did it by accident. He was. Uh, uh, doing something to me that was annoying. He was like, uh, he was upset with me about something, and he was like, uh, like pretending to like almost punch me. I'm not touching like, you, kind of touching. Like he was like putting his fists in my face and like coming close to punching me, but not actually punching me. He was like being threatening and menacing it. So uh, menacing. So I started doing it back to him, 
except I, I slipped and I misjudged and I actually gave him a bloody nose, but nobody liked him. So his name was Carl. Wow. Uh, not to be confused with Carl, uh, who's not to be confused with Kyle, uh, who actually <laughs> is to be confused with Kyle from the morning show. No, but this kid's name was Carl. And uh, so he was doing that thing. He's like, uh, he's, you know, pretending to, to punch me, but just coming really close. And I so I started doing it back and I misjudged and I, I bloodied his nose. And then I'm like, so he starts running to the boys' room, to the bathroom. And I'm like, I'm chasing after him, not because I'm upset, but because I'm freaked out because I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to get in trouble. And I was a little angel. You know, I was such an introvert. I was painfully shy. I was very quiet, never caused any trouble when I was a kid. So, uh, so I was freaked out. I thought, oh my God, I'm going to get in so much trouble. So, uh, so I followed him to the, uh, the, the bathroom and I'm apologizing and apologizing and you know, he's, he's upset. Anyway, we get up to, uh, the just because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Cause it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. The world is always on. But you shouldn't be. Put junk sleep to bed. During Mattress Firm's Labor Day sale, get a king for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $700 on ceiling. Talk to a sleep expert and unjunk your sleep today. Mattress Firm. We get up to, to class. It was time to go to go to class, and uh, Mrs. Fortin was the, the teacher, and somebody uh, told, someone tattled on me and said, Matt punched Carl in the face and uh, she and I'm standing there like just watching this unfold. I'm like, oh, no, here it is. I'm about to get in trouble. And she uh, she goes, uh, where's Carl? And Carl's like, you know, in a corner of the room, like, you know, holding his nose with, uh, you know, because he's trying to stop the bleeding. And she's like, where's Matt? And, you know, the girl who told on me points points me out. He's, he's over there. And she, Mrs. Ford, and she looks at me. I swear to God, I'll never forget. Because nobody liked Carl, even the teachers didn't like Carl. She looked at me, and I swear to God, it was it was quick. It was subtle, like the smile of the Mona Lisa. It was very <laughs> brief, but she looked at me, and I saw just a, I like that. just a tiny hint of a smile, and I didn't get in any trouble. She didn't say a word to me. But that day, it was kind of fun because, like I said, I was such a shy kid. That day, for the rest of the day, all these like kids in higher grades were coming up to me and shaking my hand, and I was like, I was, I was like one of the cool kids just for one day for accidentally punching somebody in the face and giving them a bloody nose. This goes to show you what our generation's brain pan was like. What it goes to show you, <laughs> and any uh, young people listening, uh, this is what you can take from it: if you're gonna punch somebody in the face, you make it look like an accident, and you might not get in trouble, and make sure it's somebody nobody likes. That's, that's that's your that's probably not that's the right, your that's probably nugget of uh, wisdom for the day there maddie that may not be the right lesson you remember that whole what do we do uh, what do we try what's the one thing we try not to do here maddie um what's that one thing uh violence no oh. 
No? No. Oh, I thought that was a thing. Oh, we don't eat in here during this show. No, no, that's not it. Because I've, I've been spoken no. to about that. No. I, I don't know. What don't we do? We don't try to get fired, right? Oh, right, right. Yes, that yes. is true. That is yes, my yes. actual... Actually, that's my number and, one goal every day when I come in uh, to do the show is to spend uh, two hours... 4 to 6 p.m., not getting fired. Exactly. So, so don't far, give so out good. violent advice. Right. No, I, I apologize. One uh, should only give out peaceful advice. I mean, if you are going to do something bad, it is best generally in life to make it look like an accident. This but, is not but, happening. This is not helping. Oh. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, are you that's, getting the point now? That's, that's not the right message either. Ding, ding. Um, oh, Yve. No, but, uh, you know. How you manage to not get fired sometimes just amazes me. But if you do uh, hit someone and, and they're bleeding, uh, make sure you follow them to the bathroom and, and try to uh, talk them out of being angry with you. How's that? No. Oh. No, you're still in the wrong zone there. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. Well, you know. You all have to work on it. It was an accident. <laughs> I, was a, I was a very good kid. Uh-huh. And nobody liked Carl. Sure. Carl Trask was his name. Listen to you. What? I'm doxing Rolling him. Rolling a boss. I just doxed him. His name was Carl How do you know maybe Carl they Trask. bettered their lives? I'm sure. Yeah, no, he was. Uh, no, actually, honestly, You're terrible. He, he was. He was not a bad guy. Just uh, that day, he was. He was being very obnoxious to me. Um. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just saw the chat room. Melanie in the chat. So people are speculating about what the what the rule is. Melanie uh, in the chat. Melanie from the great state of Vermont says, "Bring on drunk people." Oh. Uh, yeah, we we avoid doing that. Um, yes, yes. Michael Alvarez do. said, "Don't break Mike stands." Yep, that is also a rule. That's a biggie. Uh, those two rules yeah. uh, go together, actually. Yes. yes. Yeah. Along with don't hypnotize people on air. Right. And um. Don't give people advice to be violent. Uh, Mike Palapita from uh, another and great call it uh, an accident. Another great sponsor here at uh, WMNH Queen City Cabinetry says uh, that's what I always say. Looks like an accident. It was on fire when I got here. I guess we get no that's worries right. about risking losing him. That's right. <laughs> Easy G oh, is calling back. What a surprise! Oh my God, it's a three for. Yes. Hi, Eric. I wasn't going to call back, but the uh, I had to throw that in there. Uh-huh. We're on the match so. Try to go with the flow and let Matt, you know, run the show. Sorry, Glenn. <laughs> okay. It's an inside joke if you Weren't listen to the Weren't you giving us lot. the itinerary for tomorrow, though? I've been trying to do that this year, by the way. I'm trying to let you run the show. And, if, you know, if I get a lot of entertainment out there, it's great. <laughs> and if I don't, that's great, too. I can see all That's why I'm going to have Katie Dobbins on today. I don't really need to get anything else up because she's, she's so great. You're doing a great job. You're doing. You're doing right, a great. So uh, no that's another down. rule. You're doing a great Let's job. Not run the show. It's his show. You're doing a great job, Brownie. What? Yeah, this this go with the, go with the flow. You know that's what I try to do now. Go with the flow. You know, don't get don't come in with a long list of demands. I don't think Matt likes that. I you're right about delete, that. Delete. Wrong. No, wait. That's the wrong thing. Yes. All I'm right. Sorry. I'll let you go. I, I gotta my get head. my uh, act together <laughs> here. So I gotta hit the CR group soon. So bye bye. <laughs> All right. Bye bye. Easy. Wow. <laughs> No, that's uh Melody in the chat room, please do not Boy, you should have known by now. Easy dope. Oh I like it. Yes, Melody uh in the chat room says, Ah, I'm starting my head uh to put uh oh, I'm starting my oven to put my head in it. Yeah, I don't know if that even actually works. I've always been skeptical. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that, Melanie. Uh, Michael Probably Albert would work in our oven. It's older than us. Michael Albert says, uh, that's what Nixon should have done. Made it look like an accident. It, uh, quote, it wasn't me. It was Antifa. Yes. She is. And he also You're said, not helping. he also said he called it an inside joke. So no one will get it. 
Um, <laughs> Crystal from uh, Illinois says uh, Matt oh is a hypnotizer. Matt is a hypnotizer, remember? He's uh, a mesmerizer. That's why he does not get fired. He convinces his boss not to via his telepathic abilities. Yes. 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 Wow. Buy <laughs> more chocolate. Melanie Send said, uh, if Ron calls back, I'm going to lose <laughs> my mind. Um, I want to get in on the subliminal messaging. Buy chocolate. Charles Richardson uh, from the great state of Florida and, of course, host of the Charles Richardson uh, show says, so what about the list of demands that EZG gives? Is that against the rules? He did uh, He did tell me how it was going to go tomorrow. Yes, he gave you he an did. itinerary. He did, yes. After saying he wouldn't. Yes. <laughs> That's all what right. you can and cannot do, Maddie. Now you need to stay within those parameters. That's right. That's right. Well, that's all right. We He's love whip you. you into shape if you don't fall toe the line, there, Maddie. That's right. Do what well, you're told. That's all right. We love EZG. <laughs> we love EZG. Of course but if, we do. That's why I brought him a painting. Yes, yes. That Gonzo. But if you'd like to give us a call, 603-250-6007, 603-250-6007. I do want to make sure we uh, take a moment to say hello to everybody in the Facebook live chat, anyone we haven't uh, mentioned. I see Tom Blanchard in there. Hello, Tom. Uh, Tom says EZ told us about that guy on the morning show, uh, I assume referring to Christopher Duffley. Um. Let's see. I feel like I need a magic mirror when you do this part. Oh, yes. And I see Mikey and I see. Uh, Miriam Banish joins us in the chat, says, Mim. I'm the last person to criticize uh, anyone for that. Oh, look, a squirrel uh, referring <laughs> to getting, uh, you know, distracted and a uh, little bit of ADD there. Should see the two of us shop together. It can be amusing. <laughs> uh, Charles says, easy is like the Energizer Bunny. He just keeps going and going. Um <laughs> Melanie says, did Ron call in to comment on easy calling? Uh, well, it seemed that way at first, but then he, he did bring up something very important, actually. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, uh, Michael Albert says, so let's talk about relevant topics. Matt's strong chin now being visible. Oh, my, yes. My strong chin. Yes, yes. Oh, because I shaved uh, the rest of my uh It only took an entire package of razors to it, do it. It, it, took, it did take three. We did find your face under there. It took uh, three uh, razors. Uh, Miriam says, I'm laughing out loud in a doctor's office with other people waiting who have no idea why I'm laughing. Honestly, I don't know why I'm laughing. So if they all start moving away from you, then you might want to be concerned. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Oh, my gosh. Scott Robinson joins us in the Facebook live chat. Scott says, this is what happens when you threaten to tax the ultra-rich. Well, we can't, you know, uh, as as any uh, good Republican will tell you, uh, the wealthy uh, must be protected at all costs. The job creators. The, yes. Oh. I was never against taxation in that regard. Only in some things. <laughs> Well, you I'm know, not helping matters any, am I? Well, we're, we're, I'll tell you, the uh, the Republican Party has done a, a fantastic job over the decades of convincing uh, poor white rural Americans that the ultra-wealthy must be protected at all costs. I want somebody to explain why Amazon don't pay taxes to me. I really yeah, want well. somebody to explain that one to me. Uh, I really do. Crystal in the chat says, 1D-bag pharma CEO Martin Screlly went to jail for overcharging. That's right. Wasn't that about... Um, was it about insulin? It was going to go from like uh, maybe it was, it was the price was going up exponentially. I think it might have been, yeah. And uh, yeah, he ended up going to going to jail. Yeah. Oh, uh, she shared the article too. Yeah, the pharma bro. Remember the pharma bro? Yep. 
he he sat there uh, smirking, smug, smirking a lot. Oh, he's very smug. Yes, that was like the two brothers that tried to like get all the sanitizer in the world into their and hoard it, and then jack prices up. They ended up going to jail too, and the government came and took it all. Mm-hmm. But we'll go back to the pharmacy things. I wanted to just wrap up on the article. Oh yeah, we'll we'll come back to that. Uh, Tom Blanchard says we're doomed. The recession is coming. Believe it or not, uh, I don't. Uh, that's not a foregone conclusion, Tom. I mean, there are concerns, but it's not necessarily going to happen. Concerns? Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's. I think I think there's a fifty-fifty shot at it. Well, that's but that's like I said though, it's not. Uh, yeah, that's more than a concern. If there's a twenty percent chance of something, no, call a, that a concern. That's a concern. Fifty-fifty but... shot. Nah, that's roulette with our economy. Um, Sorry. So I just want to make sure we don't miss anybody in here. A lot of, a lot of uh, very, very busy and, and funny chat room today. Oh, uh, Paul EC <laughs> joins us in the chat room. Big uh, fan. Uh, Paul says, I love EZG, but then again, I love Jock Itch. Oh, why? Well, that's, why? Uh, boy. Well, well now, this uh, was information I did not need. And it's uh, quite shocking, to be honest. Uh, when am I supposed to be on retro? <laughs> uh, either, either this Friday or next Friday, yeah. Uh, or next month sometime. Rocky Huber says, uh, do you guys think there will be a picture of Mims on Crazy Oh, Jones? I think he's talking about the, the young lady that got sucked in and gave the racist money. Oh, oh. Now showing up on his hate list that he's been trashing. Oh, I think he, uh, she's already on that list, uh, isn't she? But not on his website. So I think that Rocky's uh, trying to say maybe... That's what he'll do next because he's running out of venues. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, Michael Albert says uh, the uh, farmer bro did not go to jail for overcharging. It was for insider trading. Yeah, because the overcharging or price gouging uh, probably was perfectly legal, uh, even though unethical. But, yeah, insider trading is what got him. Um, that's that's what ends up getting a lot of those guys, actually. It's you kind know of what interesting. got a lot of them? Years ago, I'll never forget this because I knew one of the doctors that went to jail um, that doctors were charging patients for what's called Lupron, which was used to treat, uh, originally it came out as a male prostate cancer uh, drug, but it's also used for, uh, in women to treat different issues as well. But it's considered like kind of a chemo drug. So the pharmaceutical companies would come in with freebies and trips and whatever else they were giving the doctors. The doctors would then give it to their patients, charge the insurance for it instead of it being a free sample. And then, so they get paid in multiple ways for this. And then, of course, the patient is now on the medication, mm -hmm. so long-term, and that's why they gave him a golf trip. That, yeah. there was there were doctors that went to jail on that one. Oh, yeah. Because it's Medicare fraud. It's Medicare fraud. Yep. Oh, uh, Rocky meant uh, Miriam. Oh, my Miriam? Mims is short for Miriam Banish. No, okay. my Miriam's not going to end up there. No, no. I, I you know. I'll take him out. That... <laughs> That, that was a while no. ago. That was because that was that was actually almost two years ago when this whole thing with uh, the jealous one started. Miriam tried to be nice to him online, and of course, right. uh, you know, got, yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, you know. like the rest of us who start out that way, you learn the hard way. When he, t he, he turns on you. Yeah. Tom Blanchard says, "Talk about price gouging. A beer at the airport bar costs twenty-seven dollars. Wow. Wow. Jeez. That's uh, that's crazy." Yeah, no. You really shouldn't drink on planes anyway. It's not really good for you. Yeah. It really isn't. 
you should really save the alcohol for either before or after. Not a great thing to do on, I don't know. Uh, Michael Albert says Martin Screlly uh, was convicted for securities fraud, buying rarely used life-saving medications that have gone out of patient, uh, oh, I'm sorry, out of patent, and ratcheting up the price is actually not against the law. A lot of companies do it. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Joe Friday joins us in the Facebook live chat and says, hey, love bugs. Hey, Joe Friday. Oh, I like that. Uh, oh, uh, Dirk Don joins us in the Facebook live chat. Dirk, of course, from, uh, he's got a couple of great YouTube channels, Arrogant Media and Java Fog. Uh, of course, uh, Dirk is from the great state of Iowa and says in all caps, never be nice to the pizza man. How dare you? Now, of course, when, when Dirk says the pizza man, he's referring to the individual that we refer to as the jealous one. Oh, really? No, I was thinking a real pizza. No, no, no. Dirk likes to call him the pizza man. I don't call him the pizza man because I don't want anyone to get confused and think that I'm talking about uh, Greg Joseph from Clementos, one of, one of our uh, and great sponsors here. And pizza is a good thing, but pizza's, we do not yes. want to disparage. Yes. Help me. I'm, I can't think uh, of the big word. Uh, disparage? Yes, that. I don't want any pizza. And I don't want anyone to think that we're uh, talking about Ron, who, of course, uh, sometimes brings us pizza on Friday nights. You know, we, we love pizza and we love pizza men. Just, and women. And women, yes. And non-binary. And non and anything else anybody wants to be. We like pizza people. I like pizza, period. All forms. Yes, Even yes. cauliflower. That's right. I actually like cauliflower crust pizza. Uh, you wanted to uh, finish uh, talking about the article that got published today. Yeah, so we, we touched on part of it. But the main point of the article is really to talk about how government controls are harming chronic pain patients who are suffering and just wanted to get medical care. Um, unfortunately, we now live in a society that government has kind of criminalized pain patients, right? They look at us and blame us for uh, the pharmacy issues. So now when you're a pain patient, um, if you're, depending on what you're getting for medications, um, some doctors and pain offices require everybody to sign what's called a pain contract. Some doctors only require it when you're actually on an opioid or narcotic. But the gist of this pain contract, which was initially um, caused by the government to be created because, you know, doctors need to be kept in line, too. You have to have a contract between each other. And part of that is that you're often reduced to only being allowed to use one pharmacy, which on the surface might not sound so bad unless you are on multiple medications and you don't necessarily have the rest insurance or, you know, Medicare. Um you don't necessarily get the same prices for your medications. So when a doctor is saying, I'm only going to treat you, but you have to stick to this rule of one pharmacy, sometimes what happens is you end up in a rationing situation because medication A that you have been getting um, at your at pharmacy A is $20, but at your mail order pharmacy, it's $400. And at the uh, pharmacy that's on the actual insurance card, it's $150. So if your doctor is having your medications come through pharmacy B and that's the only place you're allowed to get prescriptions filled and one of your medications is hundreds of dollars or more than one of your medications is hundreds of dollars, you then have to choose which medication you're going to fill. In my situation, I am not prohibited from using more than one pharmacy, but I shop around big time because I mean, like anybody else, medication's expensive, right? So one of my medications through my mail order pharmacy, through my insurance, in order for me to get is $450. But if I go to Hannaford's with a good RX card, I might get it for $20. 
the gist of the article is talking about the fact that we're being forced into this by government. Government doesn't allow Medicare to negotiate numbers, and they don't certainly don't allow us to negotiate our medications. So we're stuck by this system that government has created that is regulating what pharmacy you can go to, which far, when you can go to more than one, or if you can go to more than one. And the bottom line is years ago, I had one pharmacy, and the price at pharmacy A and pharmacy B was the same freaking price. That's not the way it is anymore. And this is what we're... What we're what we're stuck with. But when I had that one pharmacy years ago, I had a pharmacist who knew me, knew my medical conditions, knew allergies, knew everything, and could tell me if there was something, like when I was on tamoxifen, he was sure to tell me, don't have grapefruit. He would like stop and talk to me about different things if I was on a medication. Now I got four pharmacies and a football team of pharmacists, and none of them know me, know my medical conditions, know my rare diseases, and can make any kind of an educational anything for me. I've got to get my doctors to research. So basically the article is talking about how government has really set up this horrible situation for chronic pain patients. And, you know, in our situations, all we did was get sick and now we're stuck with it for life. But rationing medications is a very real everyday thing. We have a call. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Hey, guys, it's me, Paul. Paul E.C., how are you, sir? Paulie. Doing all right. Um, calling to see if Jenny wouldn't mind waiting until next Friday night to uh, come in. Of course. You've got it. I'm okay, yours great. For the I'm evening. going to take a little bit of a sabbatical this week, and we'll do a replay of last week's show. You going to take care of that jock itch? Yes, i got to take care of the jock itch. I'm having a flare-up. Well, you, you must be in heaven if you like that kind of thing. Well, he did say he really liked jock itch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, feels right. having a love yeah. affair with you. Never mind. Well, it feels good when you scratch. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, I didn't go there when you did. Mm-hmm. When you scratch. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't go there. I don't have jock itch. Yeah, jock itch. <laughs> I, I, I that should actually sounds nasty. I mean, come on. I yeah. mean, what do you got to do to get jock? I understand athletes foot. It happens. But to get that fungus up, up there or down there, whatever, no it doesn't us. make sense to me. Well, if you wear a cup, like when I used to, um, uh, when I did Jeet Kune Do, you know, I would wear a cup in class. Not everyone did, which I always thought was strange. Most of us did. And, uh, you know, that can, that can cause it. You know, you, you, you get some, uh, uh, I don't, uh, you get some fungus uh, in there. Are you trying to say you had issues with this? Oh, this was a long time ago. Oh, my but goodness. I, I'd get a little, uh, you know, get a little bit Y'all of that. Y'all need to Lysol this room. Yeah. Well, just <laughs> did you get the, uh, the uh, Crew-X when that happened? Did I get the what? Crew-X. Crew-X? Huh? What's that? Crew-X. What? It was a commercial on TV all the time. It was it was athlete's foot spray, but it was for jock itch. Oh, okay. This is not familiar to me. Maybe it's... I, Older I, than I would get stuff to spray, but it wasn't that. Uh, you spray things on your yeah 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 seventies Jenny seventies no oh everything was spray in the seventies well, was... that was when we were burning a hole I... in the ozone layer <laughs> yeah I remember asking my parents what jock itch was because they kept on showing this commercial on TV jock itch <laughs> and yeah. how did they answer that dear my mother said it's what people get when they don't take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's probably true. <laughs> I would I would assume. <laughs> that, that, that makes sense. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah, I don't mind waiting another week to come in. Sure. 
Right. <laughs> you know, Let's according to everybody on Elm Street, you don't need to be an, uh, a jock to have jock itch currently. Yeah. Oh. So. Well, they were talking about boys clubs on the morning show today, so, you know. Did you? Yeah, the, uh, that song by Ween. Boys club. And, you, and and gentlemen clubs. Are you aware of this uh, story, Paul? Uh, Peter had told me about it, and then I heard him talking about it today on the morning show. These these, these guys, uh, I guess, uh, homeless guys on Elm Street, they're trying to collect money. They're they're claiming that it's for the morning show. Did you hear about this? No, I heard about it, but I whatever. I mean, come on. Listen, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, if anybody is going to hand any cash over to a smelly, filthy human being, and it's because they're they're representing a radio show and they're taking donations. Anybody who hands them cash, that person deserves to lose their money. So, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> wow. Well, you kind of have a point there. I mean, there is some Darwin involved, uh, I suppose. <laughs> yes, I, I'm, I'm raising money for the the morning show. Oh, oh thank you. God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it would be more it would be easier for them if they were like saying you know holding puppy pictures or something oh I they'd s- get money that way i've seen a guy holding a, a dog while he panhandles do they think they're running around with like a picture of peter they have like a miniature version of the cardboard head or something oh i don't know it's Maybe. for peter <laughs> right yeah they got yeah. a picture of peter like taped to the cardboard <laughs> sign and will work for food is crossed out and it says uh, raising money for this guy, and an arrow is pointing towards the picture. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, that's capitalism, you know. You got you got to respect the hustle. I just don't quite understand that, though. Hi, we're raising money for a radio station. How do you come uh, up with okay. it in the first place? Here's fifty bucks. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 bizarre. Well, all right, Paul. Who does that? I, I don't know. Uh, a couple, couple of dudes are doing that right now. Apparently, I want to know who gave the money. Right. Yeah, yeah. Maybe nobody did. Well, okay. Uh, all right, Paul. Well, thank you so much for the call, my friend. Matt wants me to get off the phone, Jenny. So I'll let you guys go, <laughs> oh! and uh, we'll see you. We'll see you next week. Not it. I'm not in this. All right, Paul. Thank you. Bye bye. See you soon. <laughs> All right, Why have to nice. like come in and separate you two? That, now? that was our friend uh, wow. Polly C. <laughs> By the way, people were asking. Uh, a, a couple of people asked me because uh, this past Friday on the show, um, you know, why I, I was there for the beginning of the show. I was yep. there for the intro, but I wasn't there at the end when um, when uh, uh, Paul was wrapping up. It was just him and DJ Steve. And what happened was, uh, while the mics were off, while a song was playing, we got into a terrible argument. We were, um, we you sure were, you should be talking about this on air. Well, I mean, you know, we worked it out, obviously, but yeah, you know, we we got we were talking about that time that uh, Ron was on the morning show, and he let uh, Gonzo uh, stick his finger in his belly button and Ron's belly button, and uh-huh. uh, and we were debating about, you know, is that something that. Uh, could be considered uh, an act of homoeroticism, or was only it only if it's an innie and not an or, uh, or was it just a couple of guys, you know, getting to know each other? And uh, Paul was very insistent that it was homoerotic. <laughs> and I said to him, I said, uh, How dare you? You know, Gonzo's married and he has children. I said, Leave him alone. He's a family man. <laughs> and I and I got up and I, I stormed out. But we talked uh, the next day and we worked it out. But, uh, you know, and it's, you know, it, it's all good. So, oh boy. Yeah. So it was a little tense for a while there. 
But, uh, yeah. Can't so leave you two alone. I know, right? Uh, well, I had to leave uh, he and DJ Steve alone. It was just them at it the end of the terrible show. terrible when you came in home in pieces. No, that's not what happened. Actually, no. <laughs> uh, 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 some of that uh, I may have made up. And by some, I really mean most. And by most, I, I really mean all. But, oh, uh, boy. No, everything's, uh, everything's fine. Uh, Ron is uh, calling us. Hi, Ron. How is Dan doing? How's Dan doing? Yeah. Uh, fine. Why? Well, I thought that I heard that you left to go see Dan. I guess he was, I heard that he was in the hospital. Maybe I'm wrong. What? I must be. No. I, oh, I, my. I hope not. I hope Dan's not in the hospital. I mean, he actually came uh, home to me, so. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> just, unless you hear otherwise, forget about it. But I, but I thought uh, Dan didn't come in the other day. That he was in the oh! hospital, and that I thought I heard that you left early. Oh, Ron, I'm, I'm sorry. No, that was a joke. Uh, Dan, Dan is not Terrible. really in the, in the hospital. You should um, a a good a good uh, thing to do, Ron, is um, just uh, assume that everything we say is lies, and you'll never be fooled. No, Dan's Dan's, <laughs> right, Dan, right, Dan, right, Dan's right, not yeah. really in the hospital. No, when 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 somebody isn't here, we turn it into a shtick, if you will, if I may use such a term. Shtick. The just because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. The Just Because Deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. So, no, Dan is fine. All right. Very good. <laughs> All right, terrible. All right, Ron. Glad thanks. to hear. All right, Ron. All right. Thanks for the call. Bye-bye. Evil Maddie. Why in the... You don't even joke about those things. What is wrong with you people? I don't even remember what exactly the joke <gasps> was. I think we said he'd... He'd been in a in a in a skiing accident or something, and he oh my god he, he broke his uh, arms and his legs. You're and, terrible. Uh, I must have missed that part when I was in the his, pool. Uh, at, at his uh, his his face, and uh, he was just. You uh, really said that on air? I think I did so. Miss he that was part. in a body. I we apologize. said he was in a body cast or something. Yeah. You well, guys you know, are awful. It gets a little dark uh, sometimes. You know what it is. No, 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 no. You don't get to blame that on other people. Uh, no, You've I, been like I just, that uh, always. You know, we have a, a, a the, the kind of sense of humor that we uh, we we laugh about things like that. Mm-hmm. In, in, True. You know, not not if it was to actually happen, of course. But uh, uh, Charles uh, thinks you're going to be giving me a spanking. Really doesn't know me. And uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Are you? <laughs> that's right um well we should uh yeah we're almost at the top of the hour let's do this let's uh take a break i have a song to play uh, this is a boston artist uh for a Ma- moment i thought melanie was gonna call in why because she said one more call 
Oh, oh. So I thought she would call in and be the one more call before break. She's teasing. <laughs> Joe Friday uh, just wrote one of those comments that I probably uh, oh, can't, no. <laughs> can't read. Oh, that's funny, though. That is funny. All right, we're going to play a little song. Uh, this is uh, Boston artist uh, Marie Catman. Uh, this is called Is It Really That Bad? And then we'll show some love to our amazing sponsors. And then we'll be back with our number two. I do want to get into this, uh, this uh, China thing. Uh, the president uh, saying that, uh, you know, we would uh, defend uh, Taiwan militarily. And there's a part of this whole uh, story that everyone, and if you follow me on social media, you know what I'm talking about, that everyone in the media has forgotten about except me, it would appear. Uh, I, I guess I have a better memory than literally everyone else in the media. So we'll talk about that. Hmm. But uh yeah, so we'll take Quiet a uh, minds want to know. Yes, we'll take a break. Our number 2 is coming up. Don't go anywhere. You're such a tease. <laughs> Welcome back. It's hour number two, Numero Dos of Matt Connerton Unleashed. And we are live from the studios of WMNH 95.3 FM in glorious downtown Manchester, New Hampshire. Also on Comcast 97 if you're in Manchester. And hello to all of our online listeners across the nation and around the globe. You can go to my website, mattconnerton.com, for all of your live streaming options, social media links, contact info, show archives, etc., etc. Today is Monday, May 23rd. 2022. Uh, Jenny is with us here at the news desk. I am here. Yes, yes. And uh, if you would like to join us, 603-250-6007 is the number. 603-250-6007. This is now officially an award-winning program, you know. It is. We've, we've been presented awards. Yes. Uh, Jenny and I each uh, from uh, Tomorrow Radio, our friends in uh, Ireland. I am Irish, uh, so that's uh, particularly exciting for me. Uh, even though I just, I'm a little bit. Even though I despise corned beef and cabbage, and I think it's the like most disgusting food ever. No, yummy, but we're uh, but, my tummy. but we are very appreciative of of that uh, fine honor. Uh, Seriously, to, I was really surprised and very appreciative. Yeah, I couldn't yes. wait. To, I actually put it up on my website. Yes, yes. Uh, 603-250-6007. You can also text me at 617-917-4476. Tweet me at Matt Connerton or send an email to Matt at mattconnerton.com. And of course, you can interact and opine in the Facebook live chat. But the best thing to do so that we can hear and enjoy your dulcet tones is to give us a call at 603-250-6007. I do want to remind you that we are Proudly sponsored by the Hopknot and the Brady Sullivan at 1000 Elm Street. But don't go there today because Monday and Tuesday is their weekend, but they are open Wednesday through Sunday. Uh, speaking of sponsors here at WMNH 95.3, uh, Charles Richardson in the uh, Facebook live chat was just saying, uh, LMAO, my son is listening to the Clementos ad singing along. Uh, very <laughs> funny. Yeah, that's cool. Actually, uh, <laughs> this is, and I'm not saying this just to be funny or, or 
or anything. This is the honest to God truth. Sometimes that ad gets stuck in my head. It will ran- It's catchy. It will randomly pop into my brain. I'll be doing something and it'll mm-hmm. just in my mind I hear Clementos Pizzeria. Pizzeria. Um it's uh it is infectious. But uh yeah, so another That's uh, why it's a really good ad. Absolutely another great sponsor here at uh WMNH. Um <laughs> Oh, DJ Midas is in the Facebook live chat. Midas, of course, part of the, a very important part of the WMNH family, host of Late Night Delight every Saturday night from 12 midnight all the way to 4 a.m. with a replay on Sunday. So, very good. Um, Maybe we can get him to send us oranges. Oh, from uh, Sunday. I was a little girl. My grandfather would send up crates of, of um, uh, oh, no, I can't think of the fruit. Big fruit, very popular down there. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> All that's coming into my brain is cantaloupe, and that's not it. It's a citrus fruit, and you cut it open, and you eat the inside moist pots. Joe Friday mm. uh, made an absolutely uh, fantastic uh, joke in the Facebook live chat that I uh, will not read on the air, but that oh is really funny. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, grapefruit. well, well. Yes. Grapefruit. That's <laughs> oh, the fruit. Grapefruit. Oh, grapefruit. Um, well done, well done, Joe Friday. I, I I cannot read that, however. Uh, but you know, we are eventually we are planning once we're ready to do it. We will have a probably once a week. We'll have a, a special uh, bonus hour of Unleashed uh, from the home studio that will air online. And one of the things I'm planning is I'm going to go back through all the shows. Might take them, you know, maybe a month at a time worth of shows and just go through and find all the comments that I couldn't read uh, here <laughs> on WMNH and, and and go back and revisit them for the uh, for the, for the unlo- online only version of the show. Um, but uh, that that one's a keeper, uh, Joe Friday. Oh, boy. Uh, Gonzo is in the Facebook live chat. Uh, Gonzo says, uh, yep, he likes the uh, Clementos ad as right? well. Yep. <laughs> yes, yes. Gets stuck in your head, doesn't it? Absolutely. Uh, 603-250-6007 is the number if you'd like to chime in. 603-250-6007. Uh, before we get into it, too, into, oh China, into uh, China, you should uh, remind everyone, too, uh, Big Day, uh, another uh, article published. On the Mighty, yes. My latest article is up on the Mighty. It is not on my website, gencopy.com, just yet, but it will be. But you can find my, oh, opinings. <laughs> I'm trying to steal one of your words. On the Mighty, just look up Jenny Coffee, and you will find my work. I'm very proud to be published there. Yes, yes, well done. Been writing for them now for almost two years. Yes, absolutely. Yep, fantastic, fantastic. Um, now, so- um, um, I, I, Mike Alber is suggesting Clemen, um, Clementos for after baby events. Uh huh. Like baptisms and bris. Oh. So equal, yeah. Sure, sure. sure. All right. All righty. Um, so uh, some big news uh, regarding <laughs> our relationship with China and, of course, uh, part of, uh, you know, something we always uh, worry about and have uh, been worrying about for decades is um, it's awkward, actually. We have this one China policy that we uh, regard as as being uh, so important that it gets discussed, and yet we, <laughs> and yet when you're when you're talking about one China, in other words, uh, Taiwan not being a sovereign nation, but as as part of China, hence the one China. 
So we we talk about that and and we sort of go along with that at least tacitly, um, while at the same time uh, seem to be committed to the idea that uh, Taiwan also continue to remain autonomous. It's very awkward. It's confusing. But um, Biden, uh, President Biden, of course, during his trip to uh, Asia, uh, he's been asked, and I, I think he was, uh, this was during a, a moment with the, uh, the, uh, the, the president of Japan, if I'm not mistaken, uh, during a, um, an exchange with the press, was asked about uh, would we defend uh, Taiwan if, say, and, and part of why this is so relevant right now is, you know, in theory, the Chinese are watching very closely what is going on with Ukraine with the uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine and watching how we've reacted, how we've responded. Um, no no boots on the ground, of course, which I certainly agree with. I don't want NATO getting into a direct confrontation with the Russians, uh, certainly, um, for, China. Uh, for a few reasons. But, well, now, so the Chinese are watching that very carefully because yeah. they're trying to gauge how will we react if the Chinese uh, decide to move on Taiwan, which they've been sort of uh, not overtly, uh, but implicitly uh, threatening to do for so long. And the president said, in what some regard as a gaffe, uh, yes, we would uh, defend uh, Taiwan militarily. Now, that's not exactly what he said. That's sort of a summation of it. And we can go through what he actually said. It's it's longer and there is some some nuance to it. But the thing that, you know, and I referred to this in the first hour, there's something about this that all the, the media reporting that I've seen about this so far, and maybe maybe it's not a matter of people forgetting. Maybe people just don't think it's relevant. I don't know. To me, it, it's just an interesting thing to bring up is, um, and, but I seem to be the only one, as far as I know, I'm sure I'm not literally, I'm sure someone else has talked about it, that I, and I've just missed it. But so far, as far as I know, I'm the only one in all of media who uh, is bothered to even remember this or bring it up. There's a little bit of history repeating here. Uh, President Joe Biden is not the first president to say that we would defend Taiwan militarily. Uh, and then in the wake of that, people reacting in shock and horror and what a terrible gaffe. Um, not the first one. When this happened, immediately, immediately, I thought of, and maybe some of you did too, but uh, people seem to have short memories for this. I thought of very early in the George W. Bush administration in 2001 when George W. Bush was asked the same question. And George W. Bush reacted the same way and said, yes, we would defend Taiwan militarily. And everybody went crazy. Why? Because our policy up to that point in regard to Taiwan was one of strategic ambiguity. And strategic ambiguity, it's a foreign policy concept that we have uh, uh, discussed uh, many times on the show uh, over the years in various uh, situations, but it comes up a lot with Taiwan. Strategic ambiguity is where you don't explicitly say or even implicitly say what you would do, and how you would react if one of your adversaries decides to do a certain thing. You, you want to keep them guessing. You want to keep them off balance. The one thing that Vladimir Putin actually has managed to do, I think, somewhat successfully in this disastrous invasion of Ukraine, 
which is such an astonishing failure for so many reasons in so many ways. But the one thing that I think Putin has actually been kind of savvy about is applying strategic ambiguity. He has kept us sort of off, off uh, you know, he's kept us a little bit puzzled and because we're in a constant state of trying to figure out what are his actual intentions? Did he really intend to take all of Ukraine? Was it John Hopwood was saying uh, last week on the show, he thought that um, the Russians moving toward invading Kiev, for example, that that was actually a fake and that they never had any intentions of trying to take the capital, that it's all about Donbass and, and uh, Mariupol. And, but, but the idea, the concept is you keep your, you keep your, um, your enemy sort of confused so they don't know exactly how to react to what you're doing because they don't know what your intentions are and they don't know, um, they don't know what to expect from you if they do that. So in terms of Taiwan, strategic ambiguity, meaning we are not supposed to tell the Chinese, we're not supposed to convey to anybody what we would do to react. In theory, that keeps them uncertain, off balance about how to proceed. And I thought we had an agreement, though, before Biden, like the a longstanding agreement that we would provi provide defensive equipment if they needed it. Like, we're not going to put boots on the ground, but we would give them defensive weapons. Well, I have I have something on that that I, actually explains our entire policy. That's, that, see, that's, that's that the I, thing I'm a little confused I, on because that, I thought yeah. we always had that. Well, it gets confusing because we have it. It really is very muddled um, because we have again we adhere to the one China policy, but at the same time we support Taiwan being autonomous. And those two concepts, um, I don't want to say they're diametrically opposed, but to not recognize Taiwan as sovereign and yet support them being autonomous from China. It's a little strange. Isn't that, does that run into the quad, uh, the quad, quadrilateral, I can't say it, uh, help me out here. Quad, quadlateral. A group of countries, Australia, Japan, um, involving, it, it, to protect, the, well, that, the agreement to protect Taiwan from a, a military action of trying to be taken over. Well, that that's part of why Biden is there, is, is to meet with them. Um, yeah, the Quad Alliance, I want to make sure I get it right. So it's, um, Australia, India, Japan, and the, and the U S India is the, the country you were forgetting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we've never really talked much about the quad. I certainly haven't, but, um, India is kind of a funny country though. You know, they, like throughout this, they've seen kind of like they're on the side of Russia, but yeah, they don't want to upset the Russian. A lot of that's something I, I brought that up on the show recently, too, is, you know, people talk about, you know, it's like, well, the the entire world is against Russia. Um, and that's such an overstatement. Um, a lot of the world is against Russia, but uh, there's a lot of the world, literally a lot of of the world, many, many countries that live near them who have not taken sides. Um, and India is one of them. Um, uh, we, we talked recently on the show about Israel, you know, um, our closest ally in that part of the world. They are very careful. They don't want to upset the Russians. Um, there are, Hence you have Turkey. Well, then you have Turkey. Not who's, wanting to upset the Russians. Right. 
Yeah, exactly. Turkey, probably the least liked member of NATO. I mean, who, who likes Erdogan? Um, so, uh, so it's not as simple as everybody being against Russia. Um, <laughs> Joe Friday in the chat room says thousand islands versus Russian. Uh, <laughs> as, in terms of dressing, I would probably go with, uh, a thousand islands, uh, just out of principle. Probably. Yeah. I used to like that when I was a kid. Yes. My aunties would make, give it to me on my salad with tuna. Uh, Mike Doyle joins us on the line. Hi, Mike. Hey man. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Hi, Jenny. Nice, nice to hear your voice. Hey, good to hear yours. I heard. Uh, I heard. I think it was Ron or somebody was calling you Ginny, and I was like, "It's not Ginny. It's Jenny." <laughs> it's <laughs> cute. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, three quick points. I've got to go. I'm, I'm scoring a game here at Memorial, and uh, oh. I got to go. But okay. three, three quick points. One is, you made Matt. You kind of made the same mistake. It's, it's not. It's not serious. But you made the same mistake Biden made today calling the japan president it's not a president he it's prime minister of japan oh and then um yeah, yeah. That, that's just a little one but yeah, anyway. yeah. Yeah. um and then <laughs> um you. two today what i just heard in the news i heard the actual clip and somebody just asked him a straight out question are you going to defend japan mili- i mean taiwan military if need be and he said yes that's all he said he didn't really expound on it or anything he just said yes which got everybody in a Tizzy, because it would have been better if he kind of explained it a little bit, broke it down, you know. Well, there was another. Said, there was another instance where he gave a lot. I don't know if it's two different. I don't know if we're talking about two different clips, but there's one where he gives a, a much longer, nuanced uh, answer. But I, so I don't know if we're talking about this. If the, this was in the same yeah. uh, press conference or yeah, the, the one the one I heard was today or yesterday, as it would be based on the timeline. Mm. And and the final thing is in this discussion, which is a good discussion. Do not forget how important Taiwan is for the the uh, communication industry. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, microchips and they are they are considered one of the top five in the world. That that tiny nation. So they are absolutely taking that over would be a huge a huge bolster to whoever did it. Yes, and reeling in that technology and that communication technology that they that they afford. Oh, ab- absolutely, Mike. Uh, that is a very important point. You're right. And just think about, you know, and, and for anyone who would question that, I would say just take a moment and think about all the things you've seen, all the electronics you've seen, that if you look at it, mm-hmm. if you look at where it's made, it says made in Taiwan. Right. And imagine if they could control what progress the United mm-hmm. States makes um, towards the future of, you know, the industry of, of communications and whatnot mm-hmm. based on supply which would be, you know, a huge, a huge factor. You know what I mean? Right. And, uh, right. So, yeah. So that's, that's just kind of the important thing that I just wanted you to keep in mind when you're discussing this, but mm-hmm. actually a real good discussion though. Oh, thank you. Appreciate thank you. it. All right. I, I, I got to run. I got to get into the school board here. <laughs> Thanks. All right, Mike, soon. take care. I'll listen to the replay later. All thank right. You. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. That was our friend, Mike Doyle. So yeah, he... this has been a discussion we've been having all day off and on. Yes. Yes. Um, now, who would have been president in 1954? That would have been... Eisenhower? Because that, that's what I'm seeing as a sign date for the Taiwan Relations Act, for that agreement between us and them. Yeah, I've got I've got something that'll take us uh, through that, because oh, cool. I, there's a lot about it that I don't yeah. fully understand. We cool. have a call. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Hey, guys, it's Charles. Hey, Charles. Um, so... One of the things that I want to bring to the attention, not for 
Taiwan or anything like that, but it's the, the quote that you made that the whole world or most of the world is against the Russians. Don't you think, don't you mean the whole world is against Putin? Because even some of the Russians are against Putin and Russia. Yeah. Even their own, I believe they're one of their uh, people that represents, I forget what they call him, the, it's not a prime minister, but one the of them ambassador? actually quit. The yeah. ambassador. Was it? Ambassador, yeah. One yeah. of them actually quit because he's never been so embarrassed of his country. Yeah, that was so. It's, th- I, I, I think I think the whole world that the world is against Putin and what he's doing, not the Russians. Right. Well, he represents Russia. That's the problem. Well, I thought I, I thought I said Russia. I, I may have uh, misspoken and said Russians, but no, uh, no, you're right. But but actually, the point that I was making is I, I think people overstate it when they say the whole world is against Russia, because actually much of the world is against Russia. But there's a lot of the world that has chosen uh, not to take a side because they don't want to uh, anger the Russians. Um, yeah. they do. They, they, their country gets invaded. Unfortunately, uh, well, and, and there's all the uh, economic inter- interdependence. Unfortunately, polling data shows a lot of Russians do support a majority, a strong majority of Russians do support what Putin is doing, but they're spoon-fed state-run propaganda. They, yeah, they don't know the real deal yeah. at right. all. Right? Yeah. Um, but some of it gets through, yeah. like that that ambassador who quit, and and there there's been uh, more. Uh, demonstrations. Uh, so, so some of it's getting through, and hopefully more of it gets through. But uh, yeah. and just, just one other thing, because I kind of want to hear Jenny laugh at this. <laughs> Governor DeSantis has been ranked one of the most 100 most influential people. <laughs> oh, I believe, I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Y'all can keep him. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want him. Go away. Maybe we should go and send them over to Ukraine. We already had a copper bag and try and come here years ago from Massachusetts. We don't need one from Florida. Well, that's a good idea. Charles wants to send them to Ukraine. No. Yes. Front line. No. Front line. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. Can't we just trade them to Russia for something like a cantaloupe? Well, maybe. All right. Well, grapefruit. We'll, we'll trade them for. Yes, we'll trade them for a grapefruit. Now I have to eat the grapefruit. All right, bye guys. Hunger. All right, thanks, Charles. <laughs> that was uh, our friend Charles Richardson from, from the uh, great state of Florida and host of the Charles Richardson Show. I don't know if it's that great of a state anymore. I mean, geez, no. every time you turn around here, I think they got a monkeypox case too. We're not gonna we're not gonna get to it today, but uh, sometime this week uh, we we will. Um, but Charles reminded me of it. Um, I am beginning to think, you know, because I've been saying, and I've even been referring to Trump. As you know, only half kidding as the presumptive nominee, because I've been yeah. say, saying that I, I do believe Trump is probably running. And if he runs, he'll definitely be the nominee. I'm beginning to think I may be wrong. DeSantis, the support that he's been able to consolidate, um, he he might actually be a genuine threat to Trump. Um, but uh, like I said, but we you know, we're not going to get into it. We're Let's not, see what happens after the midterms. Yeah, we won't have time see to get into it today. Out. But, but I mean, then again, DeSantis may be Trump's uh, VP. I mean, I can definitely see that, too. But, but oh, we'll, God, that would be horrible. We'll, we'll see. Jeez. I know. That's, the Netherlands is starting to look better. That's a, that's, that's a lot, of, <laughs> lot of evil to have to tolerate oh God, at once. No, but, I can't do four years of listening to those two voices. I just can't do it, man. I can't do it. So, I'm going to take the hearing aids out. I'm just going to tune out the world. So the George <laughs> W. Bush thing that no one, like I said, no one in, in media that I've seen so far has referenced this. But in, in 2001, it was it was a very similar uh, scenario where someone in the media asked Bush about Taiwan and he broke what had been years 
of strategic ambiguity where we don't say what we would do. And he came right out and said we would defend Taiwan. And, and at the time, people were really upset. Um, but, but everyone's forgotten about it now. But so this is not, I'm not, by the way, just to be clear, I'm not saying any of this to justify, uh, what president Biden has said. I disagree with it. What, what, uh, Biden has done. I happen to be a huge fan of strategic ambiguity. It keeps your, your adversaries off balance, keeps them guessing, which is an advantage and you haven't taken anything, Wait. and you haven't taken anything off the table. I'm a big fan. You want to wussy out when he's supposed to be going over there to talk to Japan and show how we're still a part of things and we're going to stand by our agreements. And you want him to, no, 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 come on. No, this agreement. No, but there's a way to play it. And what you do is you say, well, we would condemn that if if uh, China were to move on Taiwan, we would condemn that, and we have. Uh, Wasn't he specifically and, asked though? And we have multiple uh, options. You know, you use the Condole- Condoleezza Rice was extre- extraordinarily. I don't like her. I don't like the Bush administration. But Condoleezza Rice was extraordinarily effective at answering questions like that because she would say things like, "We have uh, many strategic." How would she? She'd say something like, "We would have many uh, strategic uh, choices." Or, uh, or or possibilities to choose from in response to such an occasion. So she would. So she she'd say it without saying it. You know what I mean? There's a way to there's a way to say it implicitly See, without saying it explicitly. And she was very good at that. I'm having trouble with agreeing with you on what you're saying in regards to what Bush said and now what President Biden has said. For the for the reason is that what I'm what I'm reading up on and what I'm seeing about the U.S. agreement with the defense of Taiwan is that we promised in that agreement, which apparently from like the 1950s, that um, it stipulates that we are there to help support their self-defense, military action taken by China on Taiwan would be a violation of the agreement that we've said we will give you military defense support if, China ever tries to come in and forcefully take over and spread communism. The whole point of it was to reduce the spread of communism. And you know what I mean? Like if that's the agreement that we signed in the 1950s saying we're going to be there, we know that we have to give up Taiwan, you know, Taiwan has to go back to China when the, the stupid thing ran out, the agreement um, that, we recognize that and we recognize they're under the sovereignty of China, but China agrees they're not going to go in full military, take over and spread communism in that way in Taiwan, that they're going to recognize the self-governance of the Taiwanese people. But support is not the same thing as actually uh, defending them militarily. In other words, support, it, it, the word support makes it ambiguous. For example, we're supporting Ukraine. By giving them weapons, but we're not putting boots on the ground. We're not actually uh, defending Ukraine against Russia. So you're Russia. reading this to mean that you think that Biden would actually put boots on the ground? Well, when he says, when someone asks him, would you defend Taiwan militarily? Um, I mean, mm. I guess, and I haven't had a chance to look at exactly how they've tried to walk it back, because this is another example of he says something and then the administration has to figure out um, you know, how to, how to walk it back. But, um, so, but I guess I assume, uh, they're probably saying, well, you know, defending, see the, the key word is defend. If you, if you say defend that to me means you're going to war. No, it's called the mutual defense treaty. 
Yeah. It's the it defend is in the title of it. I don't take defend to mean boots on the ground. I take defend to mean sending them armaments or ammunition or surface to air missiles. See, to me, or... that's support, not defend. To me, support means sending them armaments. Defend means you're going in. But you're taking it wrong. Mm, yeah, I don't think you're I am. taking I think you're taking it wrong because it's literally the Sino-American Mutual Defense Treaty. That's literally in the title right. in the action that we signed. But the treaty uses the word support, correct? Um, I'm gonna I'm I'm a looking. Well, let me uh while you while you look, let me uh so this was from the Cato Institute. This was from uh, May 9th, 2001. Uh, President George Bush surprised people on both sides of the Pacific when he ended Washington's longstanding policy of strategic ambiguity regarding Taiwan. Previously, U.S. leaders had indicated the United States would regard the use of force against Taiwan by the People's Republic of China as a serious breach of the peace and might, depending on the circumstances, intervene militarily. Both discard, uh, I'm sorry, Bush discarded such nuances and stated bluntly that the United States would do whatever was necessary to defend Taiwan from attack. In making that statement, he replaced strategic ambiguity with strategic clarity. Unfortunately, he clarified matters in precisely the wrong direction. Advocates of a hardline policy toward the PRC, People's Republic of China, applauded the president's comments, but such endorsements reflect a lack of realistic thinking. Americans must ask themselves, see, the, and these questions are relevant 20 years later, Americans must ask themselves whether they would really be willing to risk confrontation with a nuclear-armed China over Taiwan. That is especially uh, pertinent to the PRC's military capability uh, probably including a much larger and more modern strategic nuclear deterrent, and this was 20 years ago, increases over the next decade or two. And here we are two decades later. Um, so I'm, I'm going to skip. Well, I'll tell you, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take, I'm not sure, certain anymore now, because now what I'm seeing is that the treaty consists of 10 made articles. The content of the treaty included the provision that if one country came under attack, the other would aid and provide military support. Support. See, that's, that's to, that to, word to me, again. that's that's the key word. So, again, to use it to use it in, in the current uh, context of our support for Ukraine, support meaning, you know, if 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 Biden were to say we're going to defend Ukraine, then I'd be like, OK, no, we can support, but we cannot defend. Well, no. Yes, we have to. You got to go back to this uh, this um, agreement, this treaty that we signed. Uh, it states in the defense pact signed between the United States and the Republic of China, it was intended to defend the island of Taiwan from invasion by the People's Republic of China. Some of the context gets carried over into some of the Taiwan relation acts later on in, in the United States history. But the whole point of this was to protect Taiwan. Right. And us saying we're going to give military support if China went in there guns blazing. Right. Give support, not defend. And by the way, you were right. It is Eisenhower who signed it. Yeah. But but again, there's there's a difference between that's that's the key. The difference between support and defend is what I'm saying. But it's but, but it's ambiguous. You know, it, 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 it the 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 way these things are written, they lend themselves to strategic ambiguity. 
it's interesting that we actually have a Taiwan Defense Command in the United States. We actually have a division, and that's their job. I didn't know that. But I it, did not either. But it, but it doesn't uh, surprise me. It's called the USTDC, the United States Taiwan Defense Command. Ron is on the phone. Hi, Ron. Hi, Matt. Hi, Jenny. Matt, the only thing that kills me, um, like take Kuwait, for example, we went in there and and um, kill and capped all their wells and, and protected them from invasion and this and that. They have the ability to pay us back for that. And as far as I know, we never get paid back. So why do I don't know why we don't have in writing that somehow, some way that you know we get paid back for 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 what for the. I think we get paid back in relations with the country and how our trade works and its status along those. We we have the greater military. Obviously, the little island doesn't have a whole lot of military that we the big bad Americans can come take care of you. And we're going to have good trade relations with you. And you're going to give us um, probably good status on importing our goods. We're never going to see money. They're not going to be a monetary thing. I mean, Ron does raise a good point, though. It's like when you think about Iraq, you know, and, and, uh, you know, (laughs) Trump, um, it's hard for me to give him much credit because I I loathe him so. But when Trump. I'm going to hang up, Matt, because I I don't hear you very well and I want to hear off the radio. Oh, okay, okay, Ron. Thanks. But when, uh, like, when Trump said, you know, why don't we take the oil? We invaded Iraq, and we don't even take the oil, which I thought was originally going to be the uh, the objective of the Bush administration, and then it just didn't happen, you know. But but you're right. I mean, you know, there are other reasons why uh, why we do what we do, and uh, they are strategic. And you know, and as Mike Doyle brought up when he called, uh, we're particularly concerned about Taiwan because, I mean, you know, we like to cloak everything in. You know or the humanitarian aspects of it, but uh, but the, but the truth is, uh, we you know they make a lot of stuff and they make a lot it's of not, electronics. I don't think it's just that. I think it's also keeping communism at bay. The big part of everything oh, I'm, sure. I keep reading about this from well, yeah. from back then to now is trying to keep the Chinese way of life not expanding in this world. Just like we're trying to not have Russia do that. But that's what they're trying to do. They see the dwindling of their style of government, Mm -hmm. China and Russia, and they don't like what they're seeing. That's why he doesn't want NATO expanding. That's why they don't want, they do not want democracy to continue building across the world. Of course. They want to be able to rule. Right now, I think Russia is really trying to get control over that Gulf. They want that port. Oh, absolutely. I think their intention is eventually to have all of it. Uh, I'm skipping down in this article from the uh, Cato uh, from uh, Cato.org, and of course this is from 20 years ago when Bush did uh, made uh, the same uh, very similar comments to what Biden has said. Um, but um, it says here, Taiwan is a reminder of China's long period of humiliation at the hands of outside powers. See, this is fascinating to me for two reasons. Uh, so, you know, so much of what again, this is from 21 years ago, but it's completely relevant to today. But also, the article casts China in a very similar role 
as one would cast Russia yeah. and what they've done in the invasion of Ukraine. I mean, the sentence, I mean, I, I, I'm going to read that sentence again. Taiwan is a reminder of China's long period of humiliation at the hands of outside powers. You could just as easily replace Taiwan with Ukraine and China with Russia, and the rest of that sentence could be left intact, and it would be perfectly relevant uh, then and now. Uh, it also says here, when such potent emotions are engaged, political leaders do not always act prudently. Again, relevant now. Uh, put Russia in there instead of China. Nor is it certain that Chinese leaders will be as risk-averse as the old Soviet hierarchy. Um, so there you go. Um, there's a little bit more to that, but I want to... Uh, Click over to, uh, let me give the number again if, if anyone wants to get in with a call. It's a hot subject. Uh, 603-250-6007, 603-250-6007. So this is from Reuters. Uh, Biden said he would be willing to use force to defend uh, Taiwan against China. Uh, it says here, U.S. President Joe Biden said today he would be willing to use force to defend Taiwan against Chinese aggression. In a comment that seemed to stretch the limits of the ambiguous U.S. policy uh, toward the self-ruled island. While Washington is required by law, and again, this is a, goes to the what you were saying, the, uh, the treaty. While Washington is required by law to provide Taiwan with the means to defend itself, it has long followed a policy of strategic ambiguity on whether it would intervene militarily to protect Taiwan in the event of a Chinese attack. After Biden made the remark at a joint news conference with Japanese Prime Minister uh, Fumio Kishida in uh, Tokyo. An aide said the president's statement represented no change in the longstanding American stance to the island that China claims as its own. A reporter asked if Biden... Okay, this is what, this is what Mike Doyle was talking about. Uh, a reporter asked Biden if the United States would defend Taiwan if it were attacked. Yes, the president answered. That's the commitment we made. Um... So then he went on. Now, this is where he, he went on a little bit. Um, he said, quote, we agree with a... See, this is where it gets muddled in my mind because it's so hard to... It's so hard to rectify the one China policy and say we will defend Taiwan. But he said, quote, we agree with a one China policy... We've signed on to it and all the intended agreements made from there. But the idea that, that if Taiwan can be taken by force, just taken by force, is just not, it is just not appropriate, unquote. Biden added, it was his expectation that such an event would not happen or be attempted. I agree. I mean, that's, but, you know, we hope. Um, but the comment was likely to be closely watched in a region worried about China's rising influence. Um, a White House official later said there was no change in policy toward Taiwan, a point reiterated by Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin at a Pentagon briefing, who said, quote, as the president said, our one China policy has not changed, unquote. He said Biden had stressed the U.S. commitment under the Taiwan Relations Act, which is what you were just, um, that's the same yep. one you were, okay, uh, quote, to help provide Taiwan the means to defend itself, unquote. So again, so that's that's sort of the cleanup and clarification, but that's an important thing that Lloyd Austin is saying. 
the means to help provide Taiwan the, me- to, the means to defend itself. In other words, similar to Ukraine. Which is where I was going with it. Yeah. yeah. That we weren't actually going to try and put boots on the ground. Um, China considers the democratic island its territory under its one China principle and says it is the most sensitive and important issue in its relationship with Washington. China has no room for compromise or concessions on matters relating to its sovereignty and territorial integrity. Foreign Ministry spokesman Wang Wenbin told a news briefing. Taiwan's foreign ministry uh, thanked Biden for his support. Biden's national security aides shifted in their seats and appeared to be studying Biden closely as he responded to the question on Taiwan. Several looked down. Uh, Biden made a similar comment in October saying, I'd forgotten about this, saying, quote, yes, we have a commitment to do that, unquote, when asked if the United States would come to the defense of Taiwan. At that time, a White House spokesperson said Biden was not announcing any change in U.S. policy, and one analyst referred to the comment as a gaffe. Despite the White House's insistence that Monday's comments did not represent a change in policy, Grant Newsham, a retired U.S. Marine Corps colonel and now a research fellow at the Japan Forum for Strategic Studies, said the meaning was clear. Newsham said, quote, This statement deserves to be taken seriously. It is a clear enough statement that the U.S. will not sit by if China attacks Taiwan, unquote. But that has been the American policy. To not stand by. Right. But the confusion is that whether or not he thinks that he's going to actually send boots on the ground. If Biden's indicating he's going to send troops over there, I got a problem. <laughs> I don't oh, want of that. Course. But the one China policy is more than just who's going to defend who. It's it's this whole big agreement that has to do with how the Taiwanese pays taxes and how how their products, in, you know, integrated China because they are one China. It, there's a whole lot to it than just defense. Yeah. Um, Biden uh, Biden made other tough comments about Beijing's increasingly assertive posture in the region, saying he hoped Russian President Vladimir Putin would pay a price for his invasion of Ukraine in part to show China what it would face if it were to invade Taiwan. Quote, they're seeking to toughen their policy, but without necessarily provoking China, unquote, said James Brown, an associate professor at Temple University, Japan. Biden's remarks are also likely to overshadow the centerpiece of his Japan visit, the launch of an Indo-Pacific economic framework, a broad plan, uh, providing an economic pillar for U.S. engagement with Asia. During his time in Tokyo, Biden is also scheduled to meet leaders of India and Australia, the members of the Quad, an informal security grouping formed to counter China's growing influence in the Indo-Pacific region. Japanese Prime Minister, uh, I'm sorry, Japanese Premier Kishida emphasized Tokyo's readiness to take a more robust, uh, more robust defense posture. And uh, you have to go, don't you? I do, I do. I have a, I have a, I have a, a commitment. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, I'm getting to enjoy those things again. You're celebrating someone's birthday. Yes, 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 I am. But uh, before I go, I will tell you, you can check me out on GenCoffee.com. Find my writings, some of my paintings, and who knows what else you might find there. And actually, you can see the award from Tomorrow Radio on there, too, if you want to see that. Yes. Um, I am out of here. All right. I will see you later. 
See you later. All right. Tell, tell Anna I said uh, happy birthday. I shall. All Bye-bye. right. Very good. Bye-bye. All right. Jenny leaves us, but uh, we do still have a little bit of time left. If you'd like to chime in with a call, 603-250-6007, 603-250-6007. I did have, let's see, do we have time to get this in? There was another um, uh, kind of an explainer about the One China policy that I wanted to look at. Although I'm tempted to save that because I I also was thinking about maybe getting to that. Mike Doyle brought it up, or what? Oh no, I'm sorry, it was Charles who brought it up. The uh, 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 the Russian uh, ambassador who who quit. Um, oh yeah, that's just the uh, Cato Institute thing. Let me see here. There was something about the uh, one China explained. Here it is. I just wanted to look at this quickly. Because again, like I said, it's I find it hard to wrap my mind around. You know, we we adhere to the one China policy, but at the same time, we insist that Taiwan remain autonomous. Uh, so this is from CSIS.org, which is the Center for Strategic International Studies. What is the one China policy, and why does it matter? This is a really good sort of uh, brief explainer, without getting too much into the weeds and confusing the hell out of us, uh, including myself. Um, now this, this was originally published in 2017, but it kind of explains what the policy is, but there's references in here to the prior administration. That's why, because this was during the Trump administration. So it says here on January 11, Rex Tillerson, remember him, uh, president elect Donald Trump. So this was right before Trump took office. His, uh, nominee for secretary of state reaffirmed the U S commitment to Taiwan based on the Taiwan relations act which is what we've been talking about, and the six assurances at his Senate confirmation hearing. He also indicated that he is not aware of any plans to alter the U.S. one-China policy. So what is the U.S. one-China policy and why does it exist? Um, actually, maybe this does get us into... Okay, so I'm going to skip down a little bit because I don't want to run out of time, but I, I do want to get through this. Okay, so... The U.S. one-China position stands. The United States recognizes the PRC, the People's Republic of China, as the sole legal government of China, but only acknowledges the Chinese position that Taiwan is part of China. Thus, the United States maintains formal relations with the PRC and has unofficial relations with Taiwan. <clears throat> the one-China policy has subsequently been reaffirmed by every new incoming U.S. administration. The existence of this understanding has enabled the preservation of stability in the Taiwan Strait, allowing both Taiwan and mainland China to pursue their extraordinary political and socioeconomic transitions in relative peace. So again, so we acknowledge Taiwan as being a part of China, but their autonomy as well. It's, I'm trying to think of what would be, so we acknowledge, I'm trying to think of what would be uh, for the United, for, for ourselves, what would be something similar. Uh, we acknowledge New Hampshire as being part of the United States, but we are also a sovereign, one of the sovereign 50 states. Um, That's the best, that's the closest thing I can come up with. Okay, so question two. What is the U.S. position on who has sovereignty over Taiwan? Okay, now we're going to get to the heart of it. 
In the San Francisco Treaty of Peace of 1951, Japan renounced all right, title, and claim to Formosa. Okay, I'm going to skip down. We're, we're running out of time. Okay. The U.S. position regarding sovereignty over Taiwan remains steady and consistent with its one-China policy. Both sides of the Taiwan Strait should mutually and peacefully agree to a resolution of this as-yet-unsettled issue. The U.S. does not argue with Beijing's claim to sovereignty over Taiwan, nor does it agree uh, with Taipei and the ROC is an independent uh, sovereign state. Um, question three, what is the Taiwan Relations Act and what role does it play in U.S. policy toward Taiwan? So again, I'm going to skip down because I don't want to run out of time. Okay, so the uh, Taiwan Relations Act also reaffirms unequivocally that the preservation and enhancement of the human rights of all the people of Taiwan are objectives of the U.S., the TRA gives the U.S. the legal means to continue relations with Taiwan in economic, cultural, and uh, security dimensions. In lieu of official exchanges, because I guess there can be no official exchanges because uh, under one China, Taiwan is not its own sovereign nation. But in lieu of official exchanges, all programs, transactions, and relations are conducted and carried out by nonprofit corporation under contract of the State Department. The American Institute in Taiwan, AIT. AIT and its counterpart, the Taipei Economic and Cultural Representative Office, TECRO, handle interactions between Taiwan and the United States. Together, these two private organizations carry out the unofficial relationship between the U.S. and Taiwan, but neither operates in an official capacity as an embassy. So that's interesting. So there's this whole... Uh, this whole, uh, what's the word, uh, apparatus that's been set up between the United States and Taiwan to work together and to interact and so forth, but in an unofficial capacity, because we can't interact in an official capacity, capacity because they're not a sovereign state. What are the six assurances? We're not going to have time to get into that. Um... Why is Taiwan important to the United States? Well, we kind of uh, touched on that earlier, what the real reason is, uh, with uh, when we were talking uh, to Mike Doyle. Okay. L last question uh, in this explainer that we'll get to because we're almost out of show. What are the U.S. obligations and commitments regarding the defense of Taiwan? The mutual defense treaty between the U.S. and the Republic of China was in effect from March 3rd, 1955 to January 1, 1980. The termination of the treaty ended the obligation that both parties had to provide the other with aid and military support in the event of an attack. Some of the content of the treaty was included in the Taiwan Relations Act, the which was 1954. The TRA states that any effort to determine the future of Taiwan by other than peaceful means, including... Boycotts or embargoes is a threat to the peace and security of the Western Pacific and to be considered of grave concern to the U.S. It also establishes the U.S. decision to establish diplomatic relations with the People's Republic of China rests upon the expectation that the future of Taiwan will be determined by peaceful means. So in other words, so we're committed to the idea that no matter what happens with Taiwan, it cannot be military. 
It can only be peaceful. Uh, the TRA sets forth a policy of providing Taiwan with arms of a defensive character, but the specific decisions regarding weapon sales are left up to the president, who is obligated to notify Congress of pending arms sales. So again, it's right here. This is all about providing them with defensive weapons. Again, similar to how we have approached the situation with Ukraine. In the last 10 years, and again, this is from uh, 2017, so in the last 16 years, the United States has approved, or I'm bad at math, the United States has approved $23.7 billion in arms to Taiwan. The TRA also requires that the U.S. maintain the capacity uh, to resist uh, force uh, or other forms of coercion that would jeopardize that security or the social or economic system of the people on Taiwan. Final question, why is China so fearful of Taiwan becoming independent? Well, uh, that's too much to get into now, so we'll leave it at that. We might come back to that tomorrow. Um, all right, we are out of time. Uh, thank you, everyone who participated today, everyone who called, everybody in the chat room. Uh, thank you, Jenny. Jenny had to leave. She has a uh, birthday engagement with a close friend of hers. Uh, but uh, don't forget, Jenny's newest article is published on The Mighty. Uh, very excited. She always, um, it's always nice when one of her articles, uh, she's written, I, I've lost track of how many articles she's written for the mighty, uh, but it's, uh, quite a few she does a, a fantastic job with that. Uh, so tomorrow on the show, I think our friend easy G is going to be coming in. Uh, I have to put that painting in a safe place, uh, for him, <laughs> the wonderful painting that Jenny did for him. And uh, Katie Dobbins is going to be calling in to tomorrow as well. Uh, if you missed any part of today's program, it will be up in just a little bit at WMNHradio.org and at my website, mattconnerton.com. And uh, on that note, that's going to do it for us. I'll talk to y'all a little bit later. Bye, everybody. The Just Because Deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast. From Mickey D's? From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required.